welcome to the Becoming Your Best Version podcast. I am thrilled today to have Lisa Tahir, a licensed clinical social worker, certified in EMDR, in Reiki Level 2. She's a thought coach through the Institute for Transformational Thinking. She is a very busy therapist in LA and New Orleans. And she has a wonderful weekly podcast called All Things Therapy on LA Talk Radio. She is a fascinating woman, and I feel so fortunate to have her as a guest on this show. Welcome, Lisa. Maria, thank you so much for having me on Becoming Your Best Version. It's really nice to meet you. Thank you. And uh, this woman has books. She has, as I said, a podcast. She has a busy therapy practice. And um, she has time to work on her own self-actualization, as well as helping others. Her book has reached thousands of people and was endorsed by the Dalai Lama. My goodness gracious. If you would please share with our listeners, how did that endorsement come about? Sure, Maria. You know, in writing my book, I definitely wanted to reach a large audience with how you can shift the patterns of thought that you could have around limiting yourself through your beliefs about what's true for you. I know I spent a lot of my life in that place based upon people with good intentions, you know, almost trying to buffer the things we want, like, oh, that that's too big. You don't want to be disappointed. I'm sure anyone listening has heard that or felt that. And my intention is to help us go beyond where we are into just a truly wonderful life experience, enjoying the things, the people and experiences that we want. And so in completing my book and seeking endorsements, I started to just think of who to me really embodies compassion and forgiveness, the themes of my book. And I thought of His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama. And I uh, knew intuitively I had to seek within myself to really raise my own vibration to that of really living compassionately. And meaning when you're in the grocery store, in the line, and it's long, and you might be feeling irritated, and how you might be short with people, or you know want to get to the front of the line yourself versus maybe let someone ahead of you that has one or two items, or with telemarketers, you know, just really upgrading the way I treat everyone. And I just sought through meditation, you know, that just came to me, like for his holiness to endorse you, it's really about embodying those qualities that make you a truly compassionate person. And I'm a meditator. It's one of the tools that I teach in my book about finding forgiveness for yourself and really tapping into the infinite possibilities available to us. And it was through that process of meditation and just listening, just listening for guidance, listening for how to be led, what to do, what not to do. And for me, it was over a two-year process that I heard in a meditative state, His Holiness say, I, I want to read your book, send it to me. And I emailed him the manuscript with a request. And right before the endorsements were due to my publisher, he sent me a beautiful letter of endorsement speaking to 
using the themes in my book around compassion and forgiveness, healing humanity's deepest wounds, and knowing that my book is going to be of benefit to so many readers. Wow, I love that. And I love that you used meditation and raising your own vibration to affect that result. Uh, we should mention the name of the book is the, how do you say, Chiron? Effect? The Chiron. Oh, the Chiron, Chiron effect. effect. Healing our core wounds through astrology, empathy, and self-forgiveness. And I would like to know more about your book. What is the Chiron? Chiron. Chiron a, imagine it has a K on it. Okay. What is the Chiron effect? You know, first of all, I think it helps Maria to understand what Chiron is. Chiron is found in astronomy. It was identified as both a minor planet and a comet in 1977 by a Charles Cowell with a K. And that denotes its symbol, which is a K with a circle below it. And Chiron was the first of the centaur class with an odd elliptical orbit between the planets of Saturn and Uranus. And that fact is important because it references Chiron as the centaur in Greek mythology of the healing arts. He was the founding father of medicine, of pharmacy. We know when we go to the doctor's office and you see that symbol of medicine, the two snakes, the staff of Asclepius, Chiron gave that staff of medicine to Asclepius in Greek mythology. And he really embodies in that tradition, having both human consciousness and animalistic instincts to protect oneself when wounded. And any of you listening know when we're hurt, it's like the first thing is like fight, flight, or freeze. That response in our brains, that's just kind of hardwired for self-protection. And if we stay too long in that place of fighting, of fleeing, or of freezing, it separates us from our higher consciousness and problem-solving abilities to really align and seek the solution to what it is freaking us out, basically, or scaring us. Fear, you know, really disengages us from our higher functioning mind where problem-solving resides. And so Chiron lastly is found in our astrological charts in our birth chart just like you know your sun sign you might mm -hmm. talk to friends or colleagues about oh you know what's your sign chiron is also a sign in astrology that identifies this placement of vulnerability of fear the parts of ourselves that we tend to hide or edit like we don't really want people to know because we feel vulnerable sure. in these areas sure. and it might look like being really successful on paper or financially, but secretly feeling like you're just not good enough or you're never, you're never good enough. Like you see this so often with hugely successful people, people like Mr. Kodak of the Kodak company that killed himself, you know, oh. so wealthy, but like clearly not in touch with how, you know, with, with your own innate value and worth, for example. So it's really important to understand what our vulnerabilities are so we can bring healing to that place of ourselves. So we're not hiding or feeling shame. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. And can you explain what you call transforming wounds? Absolutely, Maria. Transforming our wounds is 
I think what really good therapy and healing is about that instead of feeling like we have to avoid those parts of ourselves, avoid those topics, avoid those memories, when we really feel healed and resolved is when we're able to start making meaning of the things that have happened to us that have been wounding and hurtful. We can see how they actually cause us to be more sensitive more loving. We might have even designed our work around it. A lot of people that have been through the hardest of things are our greatest speakers and teachers and healers. They've created foundations or, you know, in their own lives served others from, you know, how they've been impacted. Well, I definitely have used my trauma as a force for good in this yeah. world. Trauma from sexual assault, from divorce, empty yes. nesting, uh, getting sober. There are a lot of challenges in my life that I believe I've been able to transform into something positive in the world. So I very much appreciate your work in this field. So why do you think yeah. so many people, if it's good for us to be authentic, why are so many people running from it or at least shying away from it? And with the knowledge that that's a barrier to our overall health. Well, I think going back to what you were just sharing, Maria, in your own life, like, you know, you're an attorney, you're an author, you're a speaker, and really taking the things that you've experienced to, to be able to use them to protect others, to represent others, to speak out for them and raise awareness that I think it takes believing in ourselves that we can actually, we have a position of value that what we think and believe matters, even when it differs from others. You know, I think there's this pressure to conform, to fit mm -hmm. in, and we're each so uniquely authentic. We're so diverse. And it's really, in, you know, really embracing and wanting to share who we truly are. And I think that can be scary. I know it is for me at different times yes. to really say what we think and feel and mean. And by doing that, we model giving others permission, but it can feel, it can feel scary and kind of isolating to put yourself out there like that. But I think it Definitely. is when we feel our happiest. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that social media probably does a lot of harm in this area because everyone's posting the highlight reel, giving an unrealistic view of what other people's lives really are like when we all have challenges and curveballs in our lives. So another question is, do you think the media, of which we are a part, promote a healthy version of self-care? You know, I think it depends on where you look, because even going back to this recent point you made, absolutely certain influencers and certain people are posting the highlight reel. I think that's when it's easiest to post on social media, when things are going well, and you actually want to share this good news. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. You know, just look at, I think to be mindful of your motivation. And I follow a lot of accounts like Lewis Howes, like Gabby Bernstein, mm -hmm. you know, that are really posting about being authentic and speaking your truth. And, you know, your message really comes from the things that you've had to work through and figure out and embrace. So I think it's all in who you choose 
to follow. And media can be such a powerful source of healing to really show the wonderful things people are doing. It's all in, I think, who you personally choose to consume. Consumption is more than what we eat and drink. As you know, Maria, it's what we listen to, what we watch. And so I think we're all responsible and how we do that for ourselves. And it shows in our emotions. You know, I think we're happier when we consume things that support and uplift us versus things that don't. I completely agree. I mean, there are stories that people who watch a lot of violent programming are anesthetized to violence yeah. and it can lead to a very dark path. So what are some of the things that you do for self-care? You, you already mentioned meditation is a big part of your practice, but what are some other tips? You know, I, I love exercise. I post videos on my social media often. I'm at NOLA Therapy on Instagram and Facebook. Fitness for me has been a way that I've found freedom and playfulness. And like, for me, it's like, playing. And I, I go to the gym. I've worked out for about 30 years. I used to be a fitness instructor for fun. And I find that the body and mind, it can really help our body and mind sync up together to do enjoyable things physically. And it's different for everyone. It might be a walk for you. For me, I really love weightlifting and balance, cool balance exercises using a BOSU and, and different things to engage core strength. I see our core being both our physical core, our abs, but metaphorically, it's like what really directs our lives and keeps us from being thrown off by people, places, and things. And so I encourage you to find something physical, something active to do for yourself. You know, I also love reading. I love talking to people like this, Maria, this for me is self-care, meeting you. And like, you know, we never would have met had I yes. not written a book and, and been invited to converse with you. Yes. And so, yeah, I'm curious how you find your self-care too, actually. Right, right. Self-care is relatively new for me because I thought self-care was about uh, just physical self-care, like taking bubble baths, getting an occasional massage or facial or whatever. But yeah. self-care for me is so multifaceted. It's spiritual, it's emotional, it's mental, it's social. Like making time for the people in my life who are the most important to me. One of the biggest shifts in midlife for me has been to be very intentional about how I spend my time, that I found that I was more intentional about how I spent my money than my time, which mm -hmm. is backwards because time is the one thing that we can't buy. It's of uncertain duration. And now I very carefully choose how I spend my time. And starting this podcast was one of the ways that helped me nurture relationships with other people, primarily women, who are trying to live their best life and trying to help other people live their best lives. So I, it, I, it has uh, allowed me to intersect with so many amazing people like you who live, you know, across the country. We wouldn't have otherwise met had we not so been awesome. in this space. Yes, absolutely. So my most important question for this podcast is, what are the things that you do that contribute to being the best version of yourself? Oh, that's such a good question, Maria. You know, I find for myself right now in my life, it's um, really being intentional to use the word you just used with who I spend my time with, how 
I spend my time with and being really mindful of what's going to help me be my best self to come on a podcast like yours and really represent my book, really reach people with what I believe to be so important, which is forgiving yourself, being really gentle, going easy with yourself in your mind, supporting yourself with uh, that real that's always going on in our mind, whether oh, yes. you're aware of it or not, <laughs> like supportive, positive messaging to myself and teaching others to really intentionally and deliberately create that narrative in their own minds on a daily basis, like throughout the day, really affirming oneself. So my efforts, like most important to me is staying in this as, as high of a vibration as a great meaning, like a state of well-being for myself so I can be available and present, you know, to everyone in my life, including myself and doing these kind of shows and being with my clients in that present way also. Oh, so important. I love that. I love that message. I love all of the many ways you reach out to help others. If you want to learn more about her work, go to NOLA, N-O-L-A, therapy.com. Look for her book, uh, The Kieran Effect. Subscribe to her podcast and uh, check out more on her various uh, social media, monthly meditations. If you want her to serve as your therapist, she can actually do that online now. So she offers courses on psycho-spiritual tools. This is a multifaceted force for good in our world. And I'm so fortunate to have had you on the show and I look forward to future collaborations. Thank you, Maria, myself as well. Yes, so thank you. And we'll be back next week with another Becoming Your Best Version.